Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Tara, Tara L. Scubella, Mountain Mama Extraordinaire, has over 20 years experience working with youth, adults, and families through outdoor therapy to social services and guiding others and living a true mindful tantric, cantric, tantric, tantric. We were just going over this, guys. And so how, the, um, <laughs> how, like most people say it's tantric. And Tara was like, well, how the world pronounces it is tantric. Tantric. I got it, right? right? Yes. Okay. Um, so just a side note, that's why I kept, I'm going to leave that in there. That's why. Because <laughs> I've been so used to being called tantric. So it's kind of, you know, trying to shift your words um, can be a little different, but tantric pathway. Some people may know her from the television show Naked and Afraid, and we'll talk a little bit about that today, as she still holds the record for the most bug bites on the series to this day. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you don't want them either. (laughs) (laughs) No. It was that survival experience that led to profound spiritual awakening, changing her life forever. And we'll definitely have to cover that too, because I'm very interested. Today, Tara weaves the healing powers of Mother Nature and Tantra to help inspire others for healing, expansion, and releasing fear around personal doubt and the social norm of what holds us back in life. Well, Tara, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I would love to have you start us out about, you know, what got you on Naked Afraid? What was that? What was that like? Because, you know, people watch it. They have no idea what that experience is like. Uh, I know one of my friends watches it and she was just, she was randomly talking to me about it. And she's like, have you ever watched it? I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't have time to watch too much TV. I'm in school full time. I have too many children. And she was just like, I watch it. I'm like, well, listen, I'm going to have somebody coming on the podcast who's been on it. And she freaked out. It was, I was like, yay, the podcast makes me semi-famous. It's great. Um, yes, Tara, I'd love to have you tell us about how you got on the show and what it was like being on the show. Wow. Well, it was quite a journey just to even be asked to be on the show. Um, so I have a wilderness therapy background um, and I hiked the Colorado Trail, worked for the Forest Service and just had a really like deep connection with um, with nature and Mother Earth as a child. Um, I also have ADHD and I used to write a blog um, about having ADHD and this casting company contacted me one day um, they found me through my blog and this was back in 2014 so quite a while ago and they they called me kind of randomly and I got this phone call and they said hey we think you'd be really good for this television show called Naked and Afraid and I was like what's that <laughs> I had no idea what it was I don't really watch TV either and they said check it out and get back to us um but there was some amazing alignment that was happening because at that time in my life, 
I was really searching for something. I didn't know what it was. I didn't really have a spiritual background. Um, a bit of religion was woven into my life, um, but I didn't like call this in, you know, universe, give me something um, exciting and a new challenge in my life. I, I need a change. And so um, this amazing alignment unfolded and I checked out the television show and I knew that this experience was meant for me. I love being in challenging situations. I'm really comfortable outside in a lot of um, different environments. Um, I lived outside with kids for multiple years in the wilderness therapy field. And typically in the wilderness therapy field, you are living very primitively. So you're learning um, bow drill fire and you're cooking your food over a campfire. You're sleeping outside in the elements. And in the programs that I had worked in in the past, it ranged from the Florida jungle to um, Colorado. And that was year round. So even in the winter, like zero degree temperatures, you're outside living with, um, with at risk and adjudicated youth. So I had this foundation, this, this level, and I was really confident in my skills. So um, I called the casting company back and said, yes, I want to do this. And I was really excited. I was married at the time. And um, I ran this by my husband and he said, yeah, go for it, which was actually really unlike him to say that. Um, <laughs> but that's another story. And um, I was casted. I flew out to LA. They, I, I went through this extensive interview, psychological background interview, um, testing and all of these different like medical things. And I was approved to be on the show. And that's how that evolved. So what was it like being on the show? People, like I said, people watch it and it looks one way to them, <laughs> but I'm sure the experience is a completely different thing for you. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so the whole premise of the show is one man, one woman, no clothes, no food and no water surviving for 21 days. They have a different shows now, uh, 40 days. And there was a recent like 60 day extension oh. for a few cast members. Um, but the typical show is 21 days. And my experience was really positive. All cast members have different experiences depending on their production crew that's out there. Um, but I feel like mine was really authentic and that the way that they put the story together, the storyline for viewing um, was pretty true to what it was. Again, that varies from cast to cast. <clears throat> but I would say the very first day um, of filming, it just felt really natural to me. So the camera crew like disappeared and I quickly dropped into space and I really felt like I was in my elements. Um, even though I had never been naked in a jungle <laughs> yeah. in 21 days. <laughs> um, so yeah, as far as like being in the space and feeling at home, I, I really did. Yeah, I felt um, connected would be a good word. So what season, so in case people want to go back and they yes. have not seen your season, which season were you on? So my episode is called The Swarm and it's from season five 
and it aired October 25th, 2015. Okay. Now, what was your biggest takeaway when it comes to um, being on Naked and Afraid? Like, what, what, what is the thing that you took away from this experience, the, the, the biggest thing? Oh, to narrow it down to one, that would be really Oh, hard. you could say multiple <laughs> ones. Okay. It's fine. We're good with multiple <laughs> ones. Biggest takeaways. <laughs> biggest takeaways, yes. Um, probably three. The first one is when I went into the challenge, it was to stay true to myself. And that was the first time um, that that was really tested to me in, in being truly authentic, like moment to moment. Um, with what comes up. So when you are in a, so this is actually a real survival situation. They're not feeding you on the side. Um, and that's really evident, especially if you've seen um, my challenge and different parts of your brain start to take over. <laughs> um, and so I really feel like I lived in my truth. I was there for me. I wasn't there to be on TV. You hardly get paid anything. Um, I didn't care what I looked like on TV and that's really evident in my challenge as well. I looked like hell and I didn't care what my <laughs> hair looked like. I was like covered in ash completely. I looked pretty scary at times. <laughs> um, so I would say living in my truth and that's a takeaway that, um, that, that aligned with me and expanded after that as well. Um, the second thing was um, connecting with my, with my femininity. And I went in there holding a lot of masculine energy that I had developed, um, as an adult. And I went in thinking I was going to be like this badass, I don't know, like mountain mama, which I, I kind of was, but really at the end, I felt softened and more connected to my, my truth and my femininity um, than I had ever imagined. And then the third takeaway would be that um, attachment to outcome, which kind of aligns with that second, that second one, um, without attachment to outcome. So you yeah. were attached to what happened <clears throat> in the end. You were just like, whatever be, it'll be. Yes. Well, I even, I even think at the interview, um, I stated that I didn't really have any expectations of my partner. Mm -hmm. um, but really, I did. <laughs> because um, I've, I found out and discovered that they try and pair you with your opposite. And I really thought that who because I didn't really know much about the show and I really didn't watch it before yeah um, my experience that I really thought that everybody that was cast for the show had really strong survival skills and I found out that that isn't always the case um so I had this attachment to well whoever they're going to pair me with at least they're going to have survival skills <laughs> <laughs> And I'm guessing it did not go that way. It did not go that way, no. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I mean, you survived. So I, <laughs> that's a good thing. So I'd love to have you share with us how this led to a spiritual awakening and what spiritual awakening means to you. Cause it means something different to everybody. Yes. So one of the most profound experiences while I was naked in a jungle for 21 days um, was that I really learned to drop in the present moment um, and that authentic peace. And even though I had under like 600 nights under the stars, hiked the Colorado Trail, spent a ton of time out in nature, I lived out in nature too. Um, That was my lifestyle. And coming into this challenge, it forced me to stop. It forced me to connect with the present moment and listen to my body and to trust that. And even being naked, I didn't even know there was a thing called grounding or earthing at the time. I love earthing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, and so I was always focused on doing, okay, we're going to hike this peak or, um, I'm in charge of these kids, or this is our goal for the day, like very like goal and focus driven. And so being moment to moment, prioritizing your, um, your needs, which was basically water, food and sleep, um, really shifted the way that I connected with, with mother earth. And so she really reset and regrounded me and reconnected me to who I was meant to be on this earth at the time. And I, I knew that something was changing. I even knew it before I left um, because of the way that things were aligning. It was just way too easy and way too fluid. Um, And so I had this, this process out in the jungle of, of regrounding and recentering. And I remember specifically one night, you have very, very, very little sleep out there, perhaps maybe just a few hours every night, at least I did, and maybe max an hour of, um, of solid sleep at, at a time. And I remember waking up and feeling the earth below me. I chose to sleep right next to our, our fire um, because I was warmest there and not in their shelter. And it kept the bugs away um, and the little critters close to the fire. And I remember waking up and literally feeling the pulse below me of Mother Earth. And I was so curious about that. Um, I didn't have a story attached to it or, or anything, but I could just feel it. And that was, that's still very vivid in my mind today. And so when I came home after that experience, I knew that something was shifting, but I wasn't sure what it was. And about two weeks after being home and my body started to heal, I reached this point of clarity. And again, I didn't, I didn't even know what a spiritual awakening was at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I had heard about it like in a movie or a book or social media, but I didn't really know what it was or much about it. And I started to cry every day because I was so freaking happy. I was so happy. Like this bliss came over me. And 
I remember reaching out to one of my my best friends, Jamie, and telling her like, this is what's happening. And I'm drawn to meditation and the crystals that I collect um, because I have a geology background and um, I didn't know how to meditate. I never meditated before, but I just did what felt natural. And she said, I think you're having a spiritual awakening. And again, I was like, what's that? And what do you do when you find out new information today? You go to Google, you ask right. the Google, the Google, <laughs> what is this? Um, and there's like <laughs> cloud of power, <laughs> you, you know, all these different connections. And as I was reading, I'm like, yes, this is what's happening. This is what I'm feeling. And it lasted about two weeks of, I know my place in the universe. I am so happy um, it was like this download of, of information of just being. I can't really even put it into words, just knowing, just being. And after about that two weeks, um, I started a process. And I knew there were some major changes I had to make in my life. And um, I have a daughter and I was married at the time. And um, I knew I was in an unhealthy relationship and I needed to to dissolve that. Um, so there were some hard choices that came afterward. Um, but yeah, I can't even really put it into words. Yeah, no, I completely <laughs> understand. Yeah, knowing, just knowing, just being, feeling utterly connected. <laughs> so you mentioned having to make some hard decisions and and your relationship how were you able to go about that when so many people struggle to um get you know get out of a relationship that's unhealthy for them a lot of times we just hold on i know i've been in unhealthy relationships and you hold on cuz you're like they're gonna change <laughs> going to happen. So how did you manage to, to end that? Um, what, I mean, did it end well or did it, did it blow up in your face? <laughs> um, you know, I was trusting what I knew that all like knowing all being all connected piece. I knew that's what I had to do. And I didn't even question it. I just knew that that's what I had to do no matter how hard it was. Um, and I followed it. I trusted it. And my, of course, it was, it was hard for our family as a unit. Yeah. Um, hardest on my daughter. But um, it, it was meant to be. And it is what it is. Yeah. So, and it, a healthy yeah. mommy is better than not so healthy mommy. And that's how I feel about that is if you're in a relationship that's just not working out and it doesn't even have to be like abusive. It doesn't even have to be like yes. this thing. It just can be an unhealthy relationship where it's not, it's not encouraging growth and it's not encouraging somebody to be able to expand because sometimes somebody is growing and changing and improving, but the other person stays the same and it's really hard I don't know what your situation was, but I'm just speaking from experience and it's okay to leave that relationship because it's not what you need anymore and you can't make other people change. So it's best to be able to focus on yourself because a happy, healthy mommy is a lot better than the opposite. Definitely. Um, and my daughter sees that now looking back for sure. 
Um, she's 21 now. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even look old enough to have a 21 year old. <laughs> um, I actually didn't give birth to her. She was adopted at 10 and a half, but, um, yeah, but, but she, she definitely sees that now. And, you know, even the, the little moments and all of the cues after I had made my decision. And it was a very crafted time of when, um, when to introduce my thoughts to my husband at the time. Um, and it was about three months after I had already made my decision. And even just the time leading up to that, um, me expressing to him that I was having an, um, an awakening and these processes that I was going through and they were constantly discounted time and time again and little um, moments of trying to like reconnect and that, that discount and importance being put aside was just the reminder during the whole entire time of, nope, this is why I'm on this, this track and this is why I've made this decision. So really like tuning into those pieces of information and really trusting our intuition is so, so important. Oftentimes we get caught up in the monkey mind of fear um, and the stories behind it versus just listening and going with our, our body and our gut and, and our intuitive side holds us back from expanding into our truth. I think it's really important to to just listen to it. Oh, I, it. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I think it is so important. Um, so after you extracted yourself from an unhealthy relationship, how did that lead you to what you're what you're doing today? How did it lead you to tantra? Mm -hmm. did I, yes, did I say it right? Yes, you did. Yes, yay! <laughs> Um, yay. Um, how did that lead you to where you are today? So during my, my spiritual awakening or perhaps right after, um, I confided in, in a friend of mine and, um, shared with them, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be divorcing. I've, I've made my decision and, they they kind of came from this other side of um, why don't you reconnect with your your husband through sacred sexuality, which is usually what people associate tantra with is just sex, and that was my first introduction to tantra, and I thought okay well I'll look into this, and I had completely disconnected from my body. And in my relationship, we were disconnected for many years in our sexual beings. And so that's why this other person had mentioned Tantra. And so I looked into Tantra and I knew it wasn't going to save my marriage, but I knew it may help me as an individual. And so I started to attend different workshops and retreats um, on my own as an individual. And at my first retreat, I knew that this was my calling. And I had broke down at that retreat and was crying and just really felt so connected to the practice. It's like I had known it for my whole life. <laughs> and I knew that's 
what I was called to do. And so after taking master classes, getting a teacher certification, and really diving into the practice, I had the advantage of practicing Tantra two to 10 hours a day. Um, I was employed part-time um, working virtually most of the time with that. And so I really had the, the beautiful opportunity of diving in deep and quickly that first year. So what is Tantra if it's not just sexual? Because people are like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Right. Isn't it just this, this, you know, the book and the sex position? Yeah. <laughs> right. And when you Google it, sometimes like pornography comes up. You're like, oh my God, no, Probably. I can't look at this. Yeah. <laughs> Although that is shifting now. When you Google less of that comes up than like four or five years ago. Um, so Tantra is the practice of energy exchange within yourself. And then if you want to learn how to exchange that energy with somebody else, you can. It's all-encompassing. The word tantra itself means weaving for expansion of. So weaving in hundreds of modalities, picking and choosing what resonates with you for your personal expansion, for enlightenment, reaching your highest self, etc. And what I learned really quickly on is a all of these hundreds of modalities are just absolutely incredible. And we do a lot of them already. We just don't know it. So meditation, breath work, yoga, um, learning to connect with the physical sensations within our body, learning how to move that within chakra work, um, slowing down, living in the present moment. And so, yes, we can read about Tantra in a book, but Tantra is meant to be experienced. Tantra is living life. So how can learning Tantra help other people? It deepens our connection to learn how to move through the shadow, the shame, the trauma that we hold within. And learning to move through that gives us more space for happiness, bringing in that blissfulness, bringing in um, that ability to be able to live more in the present moment. And if we do choose to share Tantra with other people, one way to do that is through sacred sexuality. And so a lot of people find that just in itself really healing, um, learning how to express our sexuality, not only as an individual practice, but with a partner. And those are the things that we see when we Google sacred sexuality, the, the positions that, oh, wow, you can like travel with your partner into another dimension or like, I just had like the best orgasm ever. It was completely filled, it completely filled my body um, in my heart space. And so really bringing um, that sense of love to our practice. And so how has Tantra helped you heal and become who you are today? Because it, like you said, it's different for everybody. Is there, is there certain things that um, it's helped you achieve or helped you heal in your life that you didn't even realize that needed to happen? Yes. Um, I would say the first 
so my, my pathway with Tantra is always shifting and changing, but my first experience was reconnecting um, with my femininity. That's how I left naked and afraid. Um, that experience, I felt more connected to my feminine side, that really grounded piece. Um, so rediscovering my femininity and part of that was rediscovering my body and my personal um, sexuality and what that meant and bringing that piece alive in my life. And I would say the other piece was learning how to listen to my body within um, the practice of stop, connect, listen, and trust. Trusting my body, trusting my intuition even more. Um, there's a practice called basic tantric breath. It's a meditative practice that involves chakra centers and breath work and moving the energy within. And that's a practice that I use daily, even still today. And it's, um, it helps me stay centered, um, calm, connected to my body and also to earth because I like to use this practice um, out in nature, um, skin to skin on mother earth. And yeah, I just feel more, I don't know what the word would be, connected, yeah. rational. <laughs> rational, I guess, would be the um, centered, centered. That's the word I'm looking for, yeah. I am definitely somebody who loves to be outside barefoot. I, I just love being outside, connecting with nature. Um, usually when I haven't done it in a while, or I've been too busy and on the go that I haven't taken the time to go outside and sit and just breathe it all in is usually when I find myself the most stressed out of all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So what, what would be the best way if people are listening and they're like, well, I want to learn about Tantra. Like, how do I learn about that? Like, what are the best ways, best modalities for people to be able to learn? Obviously using Dr. Google is probably not the best way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, there's so many different ways to learn about Tantra. There's some really great YouTube videos out there. And you have I a would, YouTube channel too, right? I do. Yes. Okay. I and do. we'll link that up in the show notes as well. Okay. Thank you. Um, I would say search for practices and information that are just not centered around sex or sacred sexuality because there's so many other modalities out there that are woven in. And understanding and learning the basic foundation of Tantra through connecting with the body and breath work is really important. So starting from that rooted traditional practice um, is important if you want to learn how to expand and move into the sacred sexuality piece. So learning that foundation would be a really great place to start. So any Tantra teacher who offers breath work and meditation along with their offerings um, would be a good starting place. Yeah. So do you still do all of the things that you did before or have you solely moved into the Tantra piece? Like, do you 
still go on the hikes with other people or is this what you're focusing on now? Yes, definitely sharing Tantra with others is my main focus. It's my purpose. Um, before Naked and Afraid, I was actually working in the social services field. And so I had not guided um, through wilderness therapy or as an outdoor guide for uh, several years before that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how would you say that... How, what experiences did you specifically have on Naked and Afraid that you would say would align with what you're doing right now? I mean, you mentioned a few where, you know, you said, you know, you felt the pulse of Mother Earth. Was there any other experiences you had to, you know, kind of bring it back around to where we, we started? Um, what, what experiences did you have on Naked and Afraid that you would say um, aligns with what you're doing today? Yes. So I bring Tantra outside. Um, My offerings most of the time are out in nature. So offering Tantra in a warm setting is really important. And bringing in that nature healing piece of barefooting, of being on Mother Earth, sleeping on Mother Earth, and learning how to connect with her as a foundation um, because mother earth vibrates at a very low frequency and she actually resets us and calms our neural system, reduces inflammation, reduces stress. And so laying that foundation of an earth-based Tantra is, is how I guide others. Um, I do actually still teach survival skills as well as kind of a a side thing with with youth and adults um so and answering your question before that just popped into my head oh wait i still do a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i completely understand so my feminism and science fiction class we are focusing on the apocalypse and how the world as we know it might come to an end (laughs) And so one of the things she wants us to do is we're going to go on a field trip to learn survival skills. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. You should come out here and visit me in Colorado. <laughs> I don't think that the college students can afford to go to Colorado, but I'll let you know, because my brother lives in Colorado. He lives near Golden, I want to say. Um, okay. I'll let you know when I go out to visit him and maybe I can yeah. come and check out what you're doing. Um, <laughs> But um, before we wrap this up, a few things. What would you say is are the best ways for somebody just starting out to connect with Mother Earth? What are some things that they could do just where they're at or maybe um, locally that, that would allow them the ability to start with this, like baby steps? Because maybe somebody's like, I don't know what you're talking about connecting with Mother Earth. What is mm-hmm. Megan talking about this earthing thing? What is earthing? <laughs> you know? So what are some ways that they could start where they're at connecting with Mother Earth and then maybe they might be able to move into the Tantra, you know, baby steps. Yes. So the whole concept of earthing is connecting um, with her directly. So meaning your skin touches her soil, her sand, her water um, directly. Mm-hmm. And that's really easily and most typically done by barefooting. 
Um, so you can just take off your shoes, stand in a park, stand in your backyard, stand on that patch of grass. You want to avoid um, any concrete or like decks or like man-made objects. You want to be on the ground directly. Um, and you can even sit in a chair and place your feet on the ground. It could be something as simple as that. Um, walk on a beach, um, sit next to a river, put your feet in the river, etc. Um, yeah. The other practice to do um, is lifting up your shirt and laying belly to belly and just breathing Ooh. a nice calm breath. Yep. <laughs> um, so that might be a little harder to do on a patch of grass, but maybe in a park or your backyard um, if you live in, in a city setting. Um, and, it, and when we go to the beach, right, we're like, oh my gosh, I love going to the beach. Um, and that's because we're on the ground, right? We're like, we take off our shoes usually. We're laying on the ground um, directly and we're walking out into the beach area with our bare feet. Um, the other practice, um, which you need a little more privacy, would be to shed your clothing and then just to lay on her that way. And again, that kind of reminds me of, of the beach when we're in our bathing suits. So a lot of skin-to-skin -skin contact. The more contact we have, um, the better off. The more frequently we do it, the better off. But even if it's just for like three minutes a day, um, mm -hmm. taking off your shoes, standing on the ground. Um, I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing it like underneath power lines. <laughs> um, if you can, take, the, take your phone off of your body. Um, and just standing there and, and quiet. Yeah. It's so yeah. peaceful. My favorite, yeah. my favorite way to meditate, if I can tell my kids to leave me the hell alone <laughs> is to sit outside and just listen to the birds and just like yeah. completely try to wipe my mind of anything. Now it's not always possible, but I've learned through headspace, um, which is what I usually use for meditation when my kids won't leave me alone. I just pop in my earbuds and I, I do it as, you know, when those thoughts pop up, you just identify them and then you let yes. them go. And so people see, seem to think like, oh, I got to sit there for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I do it as little as 10 minutes a day um, where I have to keep my mind completely blank. Well, I can't do that. Well, that's not what's happening is, you know, you identify the thoughts that come up, but you release them too. So you're not just on this train of thought over and over and over again. Um, so Tara, this has been great. I remember I, it brought me up when you were talking about laying in, on the grass with your shirt up, like being a kid and being in my bathing suit and just laying on the grass and loving it so much. Yes. And I'm telling you, I was most in tune with mother nature when I was a kid. And I'm like, I need to get back to that. Um, <laughs> But as we wrap this up, what is something that you would, or a collection of things that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? There's one book that I recommend to all women that I work with. It's a book by Sherry Winston called Women's Anatomy of Arousal. And that was the first book that was referred to me when I was reconnecting with my body. And Sherry really provides like this amazing combination of the scientific side of our bodies and this ritualistic honor and respect and tantric um, side as we learn how our bodies work and fall in love with them again. Oh, I love that. I love books. 
So it always makes me happy. I don't have time to read when I'm in school, but in between those little breaks that I get, I love to read. Um, so I will link that up in the show notes. I want to say thank you so much, Tara, for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.